You are now listening to Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Fregera. It's a podcast designed to bring awareness on intended or unintended crimes against humanity, how we can rise above it, claim our divine inheritance, and return the soul power to the people. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Soul Power to the People podcast. My name is Tess Frigar, Soul Powered Executive Coach, and I have with me right now the beautiful, the gorgeous, I just love your highlights. Oh my God, this is <laughs> Teresa Lodato, Lodato, sorry. Say that, say your name for me. Teresa Lodato. Lodato, it's, yeah. It's Italian, Lodato. Lodato. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I ask. How do you pronounce your name? And then I still butcher it. Um, <laughs> apologize right. for no the problem. But the topic today is learning how to trust. Learning how mm. to trust. And I remember, like two years ago, when I got into this rabbit hole of information, and I felt so betrayed by, by our leaders. Which, by the way, is why this podcast was born because I just felt that so many people that I used to follow were leading people to slaughter and I'm like what is up with that and with that contrast of information we're flooded with information right now okay don't eat egg now eat egg don't eat cheese now eat cheese oh don't eat butter now have tons and tons of butter like who do you trust and how do you trust and Teresa this is why I'm so excited to have you today and I'm just amazing that you picked this topic learning to trust and I'd like to uh, find out why you picked up topic and also before that um i'd like to introduce Teresa. she is a former stressed out financial services executive of <laughs> fortune 500 firm that totally resonates <laughs> she's she specializes in teaching stressed out adults and teens the skills needed to navigate challenging times and offers guidance along their journey of becoming aware and that's such an important journey that we all inevitably face so using cutting edge techniques and proven strategies based on neuroscience and psychology Teresa's clients fully align with their inner knowing optimizing mental emotional and physical well-being while achieving extraordinary results welcome to soul power to the people podcast Teresa mm, thank you so much for having me I'm delighted to be here yeah so why did you pick learning to trust and why did you come on the show today absolutely well number one I love I love your podcast and I love the just the name of it soul power because really that's what my my business my my company is called becoming aware of which i'm the founder and it really is about aligning your mind body and soul in order to live with purpose and mm -hmm. so many you know back in the 90s it was all about the brain you know the brain was everything it, it was all about logic and we're entering a, a time where we're realizing that the healthy feminine energy those feminine gifts and strengths you know the the innate gifts the the inner knowledge the wisdom that ability to pause and really get collected and then move forward with action it's you know there was the time of the feminine there was the time of the masculine and now i feel like we're you know in that infinity we're coming back to the center and it's, mm -hmm. it's getting to that point of balance and integration. And with you know my, my background in um, studying neuroscience and psychology, it really is about the integration, the integration of your left brain and your right hemisphere, the integration between your task positive network and your default mode network, the integration of your heart and mind. I mean, heart math has been doing incredible studies you know recognizing that the heart alone has so many neurons 
maybe even more than even the brain has. So the, the heart is actually sending more information to our brains than our brain is to our body and our heart. And mm -hmm. so there's just all of this information. You know, you speak, spoke earlier about all the information that is being flooded. It's a time when it's about getting into balance. It's a time when we integrate the masculine and the feminine within ourselves. And, you know, for me, working in financial services for 20 years, I was in a male dominated industry. Um, my father died when I was young. And so my mother raised my sister and I alone. And she had to really embrace her masculine qualities because she became the provider, the protector. And so that those are the the traits that were passed down to me that were modeled to me and i embraced those fully in my career which made me very successful but it also burnt me out because i was living too much in those masculine qualities and i got really sick i developed a rare and serious illness that abruptly ended my career and it was this process this journey of recovering who I am at an authentic level by integrating my mind, body, and soul and reclaiming my feminine aspects so that I could live a more balanced, integrated life. And that's what I do now with my clients. You know, my clients come to me stressed out and the common denominator, whether it's my corporate clients or whether it's my individual clients or even the teams, the common denominator is that they don't know how to trust. They don't know how to trust themselves and they're giving away their power, giving away their decision-making to other people instead of trusting themselves. And so, you know, with the relational trauma and everything, I can go in deeper, but that's the, the impetus of what I do and why I do it. <laughs> so many uh, similarities in our journey. It's as if I'm listening to myself <laughs> while we're talking because it's, it's so familiar, such a familiar journey um, from the masculine, exerting that masculine energy because we had to mm -hmm. um, and then burn out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then getting into balance and getting into integration. And that is such a juicy subject for me. <laughs> And so why, um, what is the crime against humanity you can't shut up about? It, learning to trust. I mean, it just, especially in our current climate in our, not only in our nation, but in our world, this, this element of trust and people not knowing how to trust, not using their brains as well as their hearts in combination to trust you know too many people are oh so and so said it so i believe it or or they think um oh i have a feeling inside and maybe because they've experienced relational trauma they're hyper alert and hypersensitive and so they go off on a wrong tangent thinking that it was them trusting themselves and then they say to themselves oh my gosh that didn't work out so i can't trust myself anymore and so it's this whole process that I, I really feel is grounded in part into our mental health crisis that we have, um, especially mm -hmm. in our country, but in the world. You know, obviously there are some things that go on with the, the neurochemicals in our brain when you, when you suffer from depression or anxiety, but there was a really um, a recent study that was done in the combination of Yale and Columbia University, and they were studying patients that suffered from mental health challenges, and they found that people who had a spiritual connection, and that doesn't mean religion, it could, it could be religion if you have that deep spiritual connection, but it could just be that connection to source, universe, God, goddess, however you want to relate, people who had a strong spiritual connection to themselves were 72% less likely to suffer from depression, 90% less likely to suffer from depression if they were at high risk. And there was a 62% relative reduced rate of suicide for people who have a strong spiritual connection. So for me, this deep connection of trusting our inner knowing is really the crime that is happening in our world that I can't shut up about. I, I want people to know that you are empowered to trust yourself. 
and I can teach you how to do it because different people come in at different places, but it's all about integration. It's all about that deep knowing and being able to tap into it at any point in time. And it gives mm -hmm. you not only a sense of purpose, but it can help you in your life. I mean, right. I, I work with salespeople and teaching them how to get in touch with their inner knowing. My clients go from working, gosh, 40, 50 hours a week to going down where they're only working four hours a day because they can mm -hmm. tap into that inner knowing they've got their pulse on their clients. They know who to reach out to. They can provide tremendous value, which creates really satisfied clients. And then they end up getting more and better results. One of my clients just notified me that he got um, circle of excellence. And so he's, you know, was top salesman at his firm by using this process. So it's so incredibly powerful in every aspect of your life. I can totally attest to that. There was a time, you know, when I quit uh, finance and accounting, I felt so burnt out and, uh, you know, low self-worth, really like not even self-worth, it's zero. It's zero energy. Like I really felt I'd rather not be here than take mm -hmm. up space. I had zero energy, zero everything. I didn't care anymore. I stopped caring. And the one thing that led to that burnout was um, a situation at work where I felt stabbed in the back. I'm not going to go through all that, but I remember switching or, you know, in that transition from being a finance director to a coach. And I was like, do I even like people? <laughs> yeah. Do I even like people? So I, I had to really reframe my thinking, catch my thinking reframe it because I know I love people and uh, um, and then as if the universe uh, was listening into my thoughts which they which it does mm -hmm. <laughs> I am my universe right uh, people were starting to tell me your smile brights up the room and I'm like mm -hmm. okay maybe I can be with people again yeah. so tell us what is the process I know the process I've been through it uh, just yesterday I was Someone was telling me, well, take the car, don't ride the bike. You might get a flat along the way. I'm like, it's as if I've never ridden a bike before, before you. <laughs> Just because you're not with me today means, you know, I'm going to disconnect with that freedom of knowing, that freedom of adventure that I used to do before this person came into my life right and like mm -hmm. what don't be planting seeds of doubt and seeds of fear in this and so I'm like mm -hmm. the more I wanted a me time just to strengthen that connection between me and me so mm -hmm. but how what where do you start uh with your clients yeah, it really depends on where the clients are at. I think that's one of the greatest gifts that I have. Um, we all have many gifts. And one of my superpowers is being able to meet clients where they are and being able to guide them from that point. So in my mind, you know, I think of the three components, mind, body, and soul. There are people that come to me that are really in their heads. You know, they're they're tied up in logic. They they don't know how to experience any feelings in their bodies. And so for those clients, you know, we might start off with presence exercises, you know, getting them to start developing that neutral observer perspective, otherwise known as metacognition, that ability to stand outside of themselves and view themselves from a 30,000 foot perspective, okay? Or is the, if they're watching their life on a movie screen. So that's where I might start out with people that are really logic brain, you know, dependent. Mm -hmm. Then I might have clients that come to me in kind of the body group that I think of. You know, maybe they are um, uh, more in touch with their feelings or their emotions. They know those portals of how to access their emotions, but maybe they're overwhelmed by their emotions or, they, or they, they're feeling that lack of trust because they've experienced relational trauma or because they've had something happen in their life where their feelings 
have been, uh, I don't know, I'm searching for the word, but they, um, where their feelings are kind, yeah, they're kind of, um, their feelings are, are, their emotions are running their life. And so they're very much ahead of themselves in that kind of hyper aware, hyper sensitive state. So for them, it's a little bit different approach. For them, it's talking about stress techniques. It's about talking about how to calm your body down, um, vagus nerve exercises, um, getting them into their body and feeling safe with their body. And in each of those two aspects, mind and body, obviously the, the, the component, the roots come down to learning to trust. You know, it's learning to trust our brains. You know, the brain has this amazing ability to predict what's going to happen based on past events and experiences. You know, our brains don't react in situations. They're actually predicting what's going to happen. And so being able to interrupt those processes and consciously choose in that moment what you want to have happen instead of allowing your brain to go, oh, I recognize this, go down this neural pathway. And that neural pathway leads to some sort of stress response or it leads to, you know, anger or uh, running away or being paralyzed by your emotions. Uh, and then I've got my clients that come to me from the soul. You know, they they come to me, they can, you know, maybe they felt like it was the right thing. They, you know, saw me and immediately connected with me. And I can speak to them directly from that soul level. And some might come that are ungrounded. You know, maybe they're spending too much time on the spiritual plane, you know, so it's about bringing them back into their body and grounding. But once again, in each three component, we're aligning that mind, body and soul, because for me, that is equivalent to taking one of those sprayers that you attach to your hose that has the multiple um heads on it where you can change it to where it's like sprinkle or mist or full force. When you're in alignment with that mind, body, and soul, you're able to turn that sprinkler head to just the full stream and be your most confident, powerful self. I feel that I've been all this three at some point, maybe even overlap. Um, there was a time I was really tied up in logic and I already know that. <laughs> Would be my response. Yeah, no, I already know that. And then the hyper aware and uh, oh my god, it's it's a roller coaster, isn't it? This journey back to soul powered leadership. You know, you talk about consciously choosing the results that you want to experience in life, and that's exactly what soul powered leadership is. It's self leadership yes. to mm -hmm. actually navigate through the emotions and the thoughts and the patterning. Uh, and choose differently, choose what is in highest alignment and our soul legacy that we really want to leave on earth that we came here to do. And mm -hmm. so that, um, and I'm also in this space right now where I just, <laughs> um, I mentioned uh, my new partner who is very much tied in logic. And here I am wanting to play, wanting to flow with grace and the universe. And here's a person who, well, you, you need to be careful. What is is like <laughs> such a long time ago that I was in, I can understand. I can, I was in his shoes, but I'm like, no, honey, please don't drag me in that fear-powered world that I call it, because mm -hmm. I want to be in this soul-powered space. So yeah. comments on that, how do you navigate between relationships and also uh, with clients who are just really um, hard-headed? A lot of people right now are hard-headed, stubborn, doesn't want to look at truths. Mm -hmm. doesn't want to look at truth. So comments on those things. Yeah, well, typically people that are really fixed minded and rigid in their thinking typically don't resonate with me. You know, if they see me, they just, you know, it's it's not a connection. Um, however, if people are of that mindset and they have themselves become aware that things aren't working or maybe in their own life they've had some sort of experience that they makes them stop and go 
huh, maybe I am thinking about this a little different or I wonder what's going on. That's the the ability for me to come in and be able to work with them. It's they, they have to have that sense of curiosity of of being willing to move beyond that state of I'm always right. I know what's right. It's black and white and this is how it is. So, you know, for those people who are really in their heads and they're dependent on logic, I, I, I throw logic right back at them. You know, I provide them with the scientific evidence. I provide them with the latest um, research in neuroscience. You know, I'll, I have workshops that I explain um, how the brain works and how you can access different aspects of your brain. And through that, it's something for them to, to hold on to. Because when you're in that brain space, when you're in that space of logic, you want cold, hard facts. You want something that is proven. You want to be able to say in black and white, this is how it is. Now, granted, with neuroscience, it's it's what, you know, they're constantly learning. It's such an, a newer field. So they're constantly learning and things are constantly evolving. And so whenever I, you know, talk about neuroscience, if it is something that they're still learning and here's kind of the latest research, I'll say this is what they found until now. And you know, and they're exploring it more. But that generally gives people something to hold on to. They go, oh, okay, the brain, it actually is predicting, it's not reacting. Well, that can shift someone's perspective. If you think that you have no control, oh my gosh, I'm just gonna react in a situation, that feels powerless. But once you understand how your brain is predicting what's happening based on past events, all of a sudden you realize, oh, I, I have some control in this. I have some choice in this. And then as we develop that understanding that we have choice in our lives and that we can choose what we want to have happen, then it starts creating those steps that help people move along so that they move from their mind down into their body and really reconnect fully. You know, some people do it more quickly, some people need more time, um, but that's what's happened with my clients. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, as you're saying that, um, I resonate too, because I have a, a new position right now with the SBA and uh, I don't know what clients I'm gonna get. Are they fear? Are are they logic? Uh, what did you say yet? Uh, logic dependent? Are mm -hmm. they more into their body? Are they soul driven? I don't know. So there's a little bit of uh, uh, challenge. You know, it, it's different levels. I fear. I, I feel this anxiety. Okay, this is something new. Don't mess it up. But then I shift it to okay. This is an opportunity to to really step up and walk your talk right so there's so many things going on in my life and then I have this partner that I'm like you need to be careful <laughs> just need to connect with my soul right now like anybody um, who's in my life right now should know that I am stubborn to my soul and nothing else <laughs> nothing else but then then the logic comes in right well you really really appreciate this new opportunity to coach SBA uh, clients. And I'm like, I know, but I'm not going to live in fear. So talk to me about what you said earlier, that the, the heart is sending more information out to the brain versus the brain to the heart. At what point does it reverse? Because People do freeze when the mind takes over mm -hmm. and controls the situation. Too much of a mental overthinking uh, can create exhaustion and stress, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you even trust which one is sending information? Walk us through that. Yeah, so that's a great question. You know, for the brain, you know, you talk about a freezing or paralysis. And that's actually an element of the stress response. You know, fight, flight, or freeze. 
Those are the three responses when our body, our brain initiates that, that stress response system. And so, you know, when you say that we're, you know, we get paralyzed or we get stuck in our head and we freeze right there, that's a stress response. And so what we can do to, you know, change that is by releasing that stress response, you know, by doing some practices that bring you into the present moment. Because if you're in the present moment, if you are experiencing feelings of safety and calm, that's automatically turning off your stress response. Because you can't, at one hand, be running from a tiger and, and, and be breathing really hard and also be calm and present, right? So take doing breathing exercises or practicing touch exercises um, or just even touching your skin, you know, rubbing your arms or rubbing your legs releases oxytocin. So all of those chemicals start to offset one another in the brain. When it comes to the heart, the heart will always tell you maybe you should do this maybe you might want to think of this and the soul the soul speaks that similar language the brain says do this you need to do it you should do it you have to do it those are all brain language words and so when we you know when i speak in um to my leaders that i work with and i'm giving a workshop or i'm giving a talk and I'm and I'm letting them know, hey, in order to raise your awareness, here's something that you can start becoming aware of the words that you use. It's not I should do that because that's a judgment. You're judging yourself. I should do that, which means that I'm not doing what I what I ought to be doing. And so I'm judging myself harshly that can create a stress response, even though it might be a small one and you start feeling down on yourself, that might start triggering releases of neurochemicals that might take you into a place if you're prone to depression, might take you into that place of depression, or if you're prone to anxiety, it might send you down that neural pathway that creates that loop of overthinking, okay? So instead of saying, I should do that, I can say, I can choose to do that, or I get to do that, or I'm choosing not to do that because I'm choosing whatever I'm doing now is more important to me. I'm valuing what I'm doing now more than what other people are telling me I should do or what my inner critic, the judge, is telling me I should do because that's coming from a place of fear. So should, have to, need, all of those things stem from that stress response, stem from emotions of fear, guilt, worry. What is someone else thinking about me? What would my mother say if she saw me? You know, all of those beliefs that we have ingrained in our neural pathways in our brain are actually those chemicals that are firing off. And once you start to understand how your, your brain works and how it really wants to be efficient, and so it creates these neural networks that, you know, the minute it feels worry, oh, I know what pathway to send that down. You know, I'm gonna send my, my neurons down, the electricity down that pathway, and it's gonna just play out like a record, right? Bringing all that attention back in and listening with the heart, the heart has the similar ability with neurons and memory, but the heart is really about resonance. You know, they, um, like I said, the HeartMath uh, Institute has been doing loads of studies, scientific studies about the field of energy that we create from our hearts. You know, that the beating of our hearts actually creates that a vibration, an electromagnetic vibration. And that's why when you walk into a room or someone walks into a room, you can feel the shift of the energy. It's because their heart energy, their resonance is at a different vibration than your own. It's why people get attracted to one another, right? If you've got a certain resonance in your heart, 
you're going to vibrate at a similar frequency of those people around you, which is why it's so important that, you know, they say the six people around you are evidence of, of who you are. That's why it's so important to keep people around you that have, that are in touch with their heart, if that's what your goal is, because they're going to set the resonance and set that vibration. And so you asked about, you know, when does it shift? When you're in that heart space, it's able to send the information up to your brain. But if you allow your brain to have too much focus, too much power, too much authority over you, then all those automatic systems that your brain your entire life has been building in its neural pathways and its neural networks are just going to be unconsciously ruling your life. And so that's why it's so important to get into your body, drop down, become present, and consciously choose the decisions you make. They say adults make over 35,000 decisions a day, and they have even more thoughts every day. So that's why it's so important to drop into your heart, into your body, be in alignment, and consciously choose what you want to do in life and how you want to live your life. Yes, and uh, I love everything that you just said. So resonates everything that I, I tell my clients too is to befriend your mind. But before you get to that place, you really need to trust, trust yeah. in yourself, trust in the higher outcome, and uh, that element of trust. Without it, really, we're just giving our power away. We're constantly uh, being, you know, puppeted to. Um, someone else's agenda um our energy is 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 <laughs> suctioned and uh, and and that for me is a crime against humanity where um people are left just you know trying and trying and trying to to swim uh, you know their chin above the water and never ever being ahead and just constantly in that uh, the state of fear and stress. And a lot of it is fabricated. A lot of it has been uh, engineered, um, especially very obvious in the last two years. So how do you go back to that space of trust? You know, because um, I can hear uh, the old part of me saying, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, it's yeah, funny. Yeah, because I was very cynical in my burnout. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's one of the things that uh, I couldn't even recognize myself. I was just this angry, um, defeated, uh, cynical person that given up, that just gave up. So how do you recover trust? Yeah, well, and that's such a great question too. In fact, um, right now I'm applying for TEDx talks because, you know, this learning to trust is such a, a huge issue. And, you know, there's that old adage, you know, trust must be earned. You know, we hear that all the time. You've got to earn my trust. You know, if you do something wrong, you've got to earn my trust back. And I've thought about that phrase for a long time. And I think of it and I go, trust isn't earned. Trust is learned. We have to learn to trust, which is why this topic is so resonates for me. When we understand how our brains work, Okay, so you talk about the logic or people that are in their heads. When you understand how the brain is predicting what's happened and how it has all these established, well-worn neural pathways, uh, it knows how to respond to all sorts of things. It, you know, that's why when you're driving down the freeway and you kind of space out, you realize, wow, I don't really remember where I was and what was happening. It's because your brain has that neural reaction, that neural pathway of knowing exactly what to do. When you understand that, and you understand that how the brain predicts is based on past experiences, past people, past situations, you grasp the fact that if I'm constantly allowing my brain to just do its thing, to be efficient, then it's going to keep replaying 
how I was in the past. And that's how people keep choosing. You know, they leave a partner who cheats on them and then they choose the next partner and that partner cheats on them. You know, it's this repeating patterns because that's what's happening in our brains. Our brain has created all these patterns, which is fabulous because I don't wanna have to stop and think, gosh, how do I put on my socks today? Or how do I put on pants? The brain's great at that stuff. But when we raise our awareness and become aware of what the brain is actually doing and of these patterns, that's when we have the opportunity to change things. And so if we don't change things, the brain once again is gonna say, I know what to do in this situation everything that I've been doing in the past, because everything I did in the past kept me safe. And so I'm gonna do that again. And so that's where I come in to help create this space. You know, uh, a lot of people are walking around thinking that they're living a life and they're not, they're really just existing. Their brain is, is playing out these patterns. I get up, I eat, I drink, I go to the bathroom, I go to work, I do this, I do that, I, I get beat up by my partner, okay, I keep doing. Whatever it is. However, once you realize that there is more to you than just this meat suit, when you realize that your heart has resonance, that it can impact the people around you, when you realize that you have a soul and that your soul has its own divine will, things that when, when we die, we, we have a choice in, in how we live our next life. I know a lot of people, you know, there are atheists out there that believe, you know what, when you die, you're done. Okay, that's fine. If that's the belief that you choose, have that belief but still understand that there's something greater within you. And you can call it whatever you want. I like calling it soul, spirit. There's something greater within you that created you, that has a desire to live, that has a desire to experience life through our five senses, feeling, touching, seeing, hearing, tasting, right? If you understand there's a part of you that wants those things, you're gonna make the connection that that's not your brain because your brain is all about basing things on what happened in the past. So it can't be your brain that has that desire to learn, to grow, right? And so then people start going, okay, this is really becoming, you know, kind of a psychological conundrum, you know, if, if you're an atheist. But once you start following that path, and start along your journey of becoming aware, you can start finding these little clues, you know, these little bits of information. And when you recognize that they start resonating with you and you follow those threads, that's what leads you home. That's what leads you back into balance. You know, and from there you can do things like um, figuring out what your values are. That's a great exercise to do. You know, what are, what, when I think of when I'm in my brain space and you might, um, you might set up like two different pillows on the floor. One is your head and one is your heart. And you can sit on that pillow and talk from your head. What are my values for my head? It might be money. It might be safety. It might be uh, loyalty, whoever, whatever the values are. And then switch over to the heart pillow and talk from your heart. You know, place your hands on your heart, take some deep breaths and think about what are the values that my heart holds sacred? Love, compassion, empathy. Maybe those are the values. And then you can have this dialogue between your heart and your and your mind and then choose which values you want to live your life by. If you want to live your life by, man, I'm safe. That's fine. If that's a value of yours, great. But that's going to align your decisions and all of your choices in the vein of the heart or in the vein of the mind, rather. Whereas if you choose to live your values from your heart space, you're going to live a different kind of life. It's going to be a life that's more open, a life that's more accepting, a life that's more curious. And so each of us have those choices to make. And there is no right or wrong because we're all living this human experience and maybe it was our 
our choice to experience life from a, a head perspective. You know, maybe mm-hmm. that's what we're here to, to learn and experience, or maybe it's a heart. But it's been in my experience and the experience of the thousands of clients that I've worked with, that when we align the mind, body, and soul, we live the most fulfilling, purposeful life, intentional life, conscious life. And that's what's really exciting. That's the life that I want to lead and the people that work with me want to lead too. Yes, exactly. And I'm with you on that totally resonates. And um, imagine the possibility of diminishing uh, dis-ease, um, mm-hmm. even lack, uh, struggling, um, or, or even your right partner finally showing up because you've chosen mm-hmm. yourself. It, it, it's yeah. So many shifts and transformations happen when you align body, mind, and spirit. And my question, my next question for you is trust and safety. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the relationship between trust and safety so that there's trust? Or do you trust first before there's safety? Or do they go hand in hand? What's your uh, take on that? Really great question again. Thank you for that. You know, it's interesting um, for the clients that I work with that have experienced some sort of trauma, especially relational trauma. You know, it's it's such a big topic these days, you know, narcissism and and how it impacts all the different areas of our life, both at home and in the workplace. And for people that have experienced um, relational trauma, or even if they've experienced uh, trauma like abandonment, like for me, you know, for years, I, I knew that I had abandonment issues from going through therapy because my father died when I was really young. And mm. I was really close to my father. I was a daddy's girl, if there ever was one. And mm. my mother and sister were also very close. But when my father passed away, you know, my mother had to take on, like I said, her new role as a provider and a protector. And so that shifted my relationship with her. And it also shifted the relationship my sister had with her. In essence, Mm -hmm. I was abandoned twice. I was abandoned by my father who died. And then I was also abandoned by the nurturer, my mother, when she took on those roles of that masculine energy. So whether it's relational trauma or, or issues like I suffered with abandonment, it's recognizing that because those are past events and because our brain predicts what's going to happen in the future based on those events, I had really set neural pathways that included a very strong stress response. And so what I had to do was recognize that because of those, because of that trauma, you know, even the abandonment was kind of a form of trauma. Because mm-hmm. of that, I was hypersensitive. You know, my body would immediately react and it would hyperreact. Oh my gosh, you know, I could, I could lose someone. I remember I was with a partner early on in my 20s and I was so in love with him, but it, it brought about those feelings of deep unconditional love that I had with my father. And because of that, I got myself so worked up into anxiety and overthinking that, you know, based on those pathways, that whenever he would leave, I would be afraid. Anytime someone knocked at the door or the phone rang, I was afraid someone was there to say, you know what, I'm sorry to tell you, but, you know, this guy has passed away. You know, he was killed in an accident. Mm -hmm. What an awful state to be living in. Through Mm -hmm. therapy, obviously, I realized that this was abandonment issues, but even more so what I've learned to do is calm those responses so that when I start feeling that those emotions well up within me, that anxiety roll, you know, kind of bubble up within me, instead of allowing it to fully get down that neural pathway and become an issue, I'm able to stop it. I'm able to calm myself. And then bring in my logic, bring in my heart. Is this really true? You know, asking myself, is, is, is this really credible? Or is this something that your brain is, because of all these chemicals going off, is it causing you to kind of blow the situation out of proportion? Make a mountain out of a molehill, right? So having that understanding of how you can 
your brain can kind of blow things out of proportion with the stress response, the first thing you need to do is be able to calm that stress response. So when you ask, do I trust first or is it about safety? It is about safety, but it's about taking care of yourself first. It's trusting and making sure that your body is prepared. It's kind of like you wouldn't go out and run a marathon if you've never even put on jogging shoes and gone out for any kind of run, right? You wouldn't be prepared for it. However, training yourself with practices, working out, making sure that you take longer and longer runs, then you prepare yourself. So really calming down your nervous system, making sure that those stress responses aren't automatic, that you are aware of when they're starting so that you can slowly start blocking them sooner and sooner until you get to the point where you start to feel that and you say, uh-uh, that's, yeah. that's not that automatic response. That's not something I'm choosing. That's something that my brain is going, oh, I know where to go. And you're stopping it and you're bringing it back, dropping yeah. in and then listening to trust. And so it's kind of like a chicken and an egg thing you the more you do it the more you're rewarded with the fact that you can trust yourself the more you catch yourself and you reset you realize okay no i am safe so it's kind of a combination you are trusting right. yourself but it's through awareness and through that awareness you're creating that safety which allows you to fully trust yourself i love it thank you for explaining that so well so what i heard from you and i want to emphasize this because this is really gold what Teresa just shared right you have to have that self-awareness of your own stress response your trigger points um if there's an emotional charge there chances are it's yours to um to own up to and take self-leadership take mm -hmm. you know bring it back to wholeness and then calm your nervous system and there are ways to calm your nervous system. And if you go back to what Theresa already says, um, breathing, touch exercises and all that, um, and even just presencing with yourself, just being aware, oh, I'm feeling that, oh, isn't that interesting? Instead of um, you're bad <laughs> for mm -hmm. feeling that way, you just yeah. say, oh, isn't that interesting that I'm feeling that that way? You just kind of distance yourself from the emotion and kind of you like you I I call it the helicopter view that 30,000 mm -hmm. feet um uh the, the observer that you talked about earlier this this conversation right here guys it, it's really golden and uh, if you can just listen to everything that Teresa says it's really amazing so awareness of your own stress response love yourself enough to know where your trigger points are and then calm your nervous system befriend your mind and at the same time bring in logic because we're not dismissing the brain right we're not yes. dismissing the mind the mind has an important role in mm -hmm. our life it's just not the boss of you yes. not the boss of you so you bring yeah. in your logic you bring in your heart and then once you get good at pattern interrupting yourself, like like when you pattern interrupt, that's when you create a new uh, yes. neural pathways. This is neuroscience right here. And then you can say when you observe yourself, empowering yourself to really break the pattern and choose a different outcome for yourself, then that's when you can say, wow. I get to trust myself. I get to watch myself, trust myself. And yeah. then from that, you can say, I completely and unconditionally trust myself. It, it's not going to come overnight. It's a practice, mm -hmm. but it's a breaking away from very well conditioned, ingrained patterns in us. Like however old you are, that's how long society, family, culture, uh, the whole entire world has conditioned you to just stay safe and stay uh, co contracted into feeling comfortable and, and okay, I'm just gonna get by, I'm just gonna get through the day. And as if getting through the day is the most important task and, and yeah. purpose of your life. It's not, it's not. So from there you can say, I am safe. You are the one leading yourself to safety. No one else, you yeah. are it. So really please 
listen to everything that Teresa has said so far because it is golden. Anything else you want to add to that as we wrap Actually, up? Yeah, there is one more tip that I'd love to share with your listeners because, you know, thinking about um, the emotions as being a trigger, you know, that that really is something even in my in my own relationship with my husband, one of the things we practice is when we start, like if he says something to me and, you know, and I start to feel some sort of really strong emotion about it, I, I know, oh my gosh, I'm being triggered. I'm being triggered. There is something in my past that has, my brain is going ding, ding, ding. I, we're sending this down that stress pathway, right? So that's my, that's my little cue. And so when that happens, if for some reason I, well, first off, that's a portal for me. That's a portal in which I can say, okay, there's something deeper that is longing to be healed within me. <clears throat> and I can take that thread, that thread of that emotion and follow it down and find that area that requires that healing and release and release it. Um, Dr. Candace Pert, which who was a, a famous molecular biologist and neuroscientist back in, gosh, the late 80s, 90s, um, she's now deceased, but she said that the body is the unconscious mind. We actually have molecules of emotion, and she actually wrote a book about those two topics. But, you know, and even massage therapists, you know, we hold our emotions in our bodies, right? Our shoulders get tense, et cetera. So when we're able to follow that thread down to that part of us that is looking to be healed, that is a memory that's being held within ourselves and we're able to release it. But for people who are just learning this technique, a really strong and, and easy practice to do is when you feel that really strong emotion come up, instead of like, say, um, say I've got a really strong emotion of anger, instead of yelling, yelling at my partner or yelling at my kids because I'm triggered by this past event, instead of yelling out just kind of that word vomit that that happens you can feel that strong emotion and instead say i'm feeling really tense right now i'm feeling really angry right now i can hear the blood rushing in my ears i can feel my pulse my heart just beating faster i'm starting to sweat really just bringing your attention into your body and speaking what you're experiencing. Because this does two things. Number one, it doesn't destroy your relationship with the other person because you're not just word vomiting all over them, right? So number one, it's that. Number two, it gives them a chance to experience, to understand what you're experiencing. And it brings you into your body. And when you bring yourself into your body, you can speak how you're feeling in this really strong emotion. You can witness it and it can be freed. It can be, it can dissipate from you. And so it will have the effect of calming you down. And so that I think is such a critical skill that people can start using, whether it's, oh my God, I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid. Okay, what are you feeling when you're afraid? You know, if there is nothing to truly be afraid of, right? If you're in a safe location and all of a sudden you start feeling that anxiety and paralysis, talk about it. Oh my God, I'm feeling tense. I, I feel like I can't breathe. Okay, as you do that, you're in your body and those emotions will dissipate and you won't be storing them in your body. You'll be releasing them. And so that's another way to have kind of a little bit of a brain hack to interrupt uh, that neural pathway. I love that. I love that. Um, I was going to say, I wish I knew that technique, but then that technique still wouldn't work in my uh, previous marriage because we didn't speak the same language. Oh. And that was <laughs> one of my frustration was I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel um, seen. Like, uh, you know, if, if I wanted to communicate something, um, I we would both pick up the laptop and do Google. <laughs> and then and then his, uh, when he doesn't understand, uh, tomorrow, we'll yeah. talk about it tomorrow. So mm. that is, a very good example 
Um, and I want to assure the audience, whether you are logic brain dependent, or you're more in touch with your emotion, or you're more soul aware, there is a breakthrough that has your name on it. It doesn't mean that, oh, that doesn't work. You know, it, it just means that there is something for you. But the first thing is you have to trust yourself mm -hmm. and trust that you are fully supported and that you are fully cared for and that you are fully served by the universe and that you are never, ever alone. And once you trust in that, um, for me to go back to trust, I had to leave the accounting job. My daughter graduated high school and I said, okay, I, I'm graduating too. That's it. Mm -hmm. I'm done too. And that's when I quit uh, accounting and finance and I took myself on a trip around the world and in Hawaii. And in that moment of pulling myself out of my environment and finding mm -hmm. myself all alone in this brand new space, I had no choice but to trust the higher power, the mm -hmm. angels. Like I, I started seeing 1111. I started looking up, oh, what does that mean? Oh, mm -hmm. what, what does this sensation in my hair feel like? It feels like someone's touching me. It feels like the mm -hmm. angels are touching me. So that was my own uh, way of coming back into trust with the universe and then with myself. And then I got the message of, okay, it's time for you to go back to Minneapolis and, and trust again. And I'm like, oh, I just want to be here. People are mean. So that again is learning how to trust. And and guess what? Uh, uh, the partners that I worked with, that I collaborated with, they end up, they ended up betraying me until I, it, it's not a punishment, although that was the thought <laughs> that was going through in my mind back then. Mm -hmm. I'm being punished. What is it that I'm doing wrong? But it, it was like learning to open up, open up, open up, and really observing yourself as this soul power mm -hmm. that has uh, a say in your own life and you don't have to give your power away ever anymore yeah. yeah i think that's the the biggest takeaway is there's no need to give away your power and once you have that ability you've you've honed that ability to trust yourself and you're mm -hmm. in alignment there's nothing you can't do that is the ultimate freedom is being able to live your life trusting yourself and knowing knowing exactly what to do, where to get the information if you don't have it, and being able to trust your decisions. That's freedom because mm -hmm. you don't you don't need the boundaries anymore because you can trust. You don't need someone it. to tell you what you need to do because you trust yourself. And following that thread, following those that inner knowing is what leads you to live a full and purposeful life where your health is spectacular, where you have amazing relationships, where you do work that you love, that you are committing to a future and enjoying it instead of just getting by. Beautifully said. Thank you so much, Teresa. Um, guys, there's so much going on in the world right now. Gas price skyrocketing um businesses are folding um i don't know your situation but whatever it is without this self-knowing without the self-trust then you're just gonna get eaten by fear and then you will just do whatever it is that you need to do to get by and that is an insult to your soul that is a crime against humanity a crime against your own self so please go back and listen to the show again and really learn to trust yourself because with trust, whatever problem is in the way is the way. It is gonna invite the solution to come up through you with your own inner knowing. I don't know what that's gonna look like for you and that is what it is for you to find out. But without learning to trust yourself 
everything is just giving your power away. And it, it doesn't feel like you have freedom. It doesn't feel like you have motivation. It, it, it just, it, the world just closes in on you, making your space very limited and making your consciousness very limited. And that's a huge crime against humanity. And we need all to break free collectively from mm -hmm. what is dumbing down human consciousness. Thank you so much, Teresa. Really, Thank really so happy much. <laughs> for you to be here speaking my language. And oh my God, so beautiful. And thanks everyone for joining us. Have Thank a you. beautiful day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Vergara. We can no longer be the spectators of our own destruction. Take back your mind. Take back your voice, take back your soul, take back your power. Join me again next time for the next episode of Soul Power to the People.